What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 59 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Monday, August 16th, a start of the new week, two weeks away from senior year, uh, two weeks left of summer, coming down to the ends. Uh, but I'm honestly really excited. I think I've uh, talked about this um, for the past week, and I honestly uh, haven't really uh had a change of mind in that i'm pretty excited to be starting school i'm pretty excited uh to get this senior year wrapped up to get uh moving um with uh everything in terms of in terms of a job in terms of getting my degree um you know whatever whatever uh comes my way in that regard i'm definitely ready uh for it i'm ready uh to you know do it to my best abilities but uh yeah two weeks left to summer two weeks until senior year pretty exciting um you know i know there are some uh high schoolers uh out there starting school today um so uh shout out to y'all it's it's early it's mid-august i know but um i hope you guys are all having a great first day or if your first day is this week i hope you guys all uh start the year off right start the year off strong um, especially being back on, on campus, being back at school, um, I'm sure it's definitely um, a bonus, a plus uh, to uh, see your friends again, be able to interact again, so that's good. But, yeah, definitely get off to a good start. Um, definitely get uh, everything organized, everything set uh, for the rest of the semester and, and, and really get that uh, solid start so you um, have no excuses uh, when it gets to the late, the later parts of the semester and uh, making sure you're on top of everything. But without further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk some NBA offseason. It has been a while since we have talked about the NBA, and there has been so many trades, free agent signings. Um, it, I mean, the draft already happened. The NBA summer league's been going on. Uh, and I, I kind of wanted to uh, take a little break from talking about basketball. We, we had gone the entire pandemic, the Lakers winning the ship, and then, uh, you know, a, a really quick turnaround and talking about the Nets season and uh, for it to finally have ended. I, I kind of wanted to take a break for a little bit, but today I want to get into some of the key signings, uh, key free agent moves, uh, key trades uh, for, you know, uh, the league and kind of uh, where uh, we see um, each of these teams going into the year at, uh, as of course the Milwaukee Bucks will be coming in as the defending champions, but taking a look at, uh, who their competition is going to be to dethrone them as the champions, uh, and, uh, everything else that, um, goes along with that. So without further ado, let's get into it. Of course, let's start with my Lakers. Let's start with the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, they... Um, came into the offseason, in my opinion, looking for a point guard. Uh, Dennis Schroeder turned down his four-year, $84 million contract extension uh, in the middle of the season and then proceeded to absolutely play like shit uh, in the playoffs, uh, continued uh, to not really show his worth um, up until that final game sits against the Suns. Um, and, uh, going into the off season, I, in my opinion, uh, that was, it was a point guard, um, and a third option. And hopefully, uh, that person could be the same person. Um, and I, when, uh, when the, uh, Lakers were first, uh, on the hunt right after the season had started names like Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Kyle Lowry were in the midst. Um, as these are, you know, three veteran point guards with, uh, you know, playoff experience, um, a very, I mean, all solid resumes on their own. Chris Paul just playing in the finals, Russell Westbrook, the triple double King, Kyle Lowry, uh, an NBA champion with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, but the Lakers were on the hunt for a veteran point guard. Um, and there were also 
um, you know, numerous uh, players such as, uh, like I said, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan uh, coming out um, and saying that they had interest in joining the Lakers uh, and returning home as DeMar DeRozan. I mean, he did go to USC. He did play at Compton High School. Um, he had come out and basically said that he did have interest in coming home uh, to play for the Lakers, even if it was less uh, than the money he made last year and the previous years. I mean, DeMar DeRozan's definitely a guy that, that can get paid in this league, a guy that, I mean, last year alone, $27.7 million in last year's season with San Antonio. So stating that he was willing to come home uh, and uh, take a pay, uh, a pay cut. And, of course, Kyle Lowry, a guy that the Lakers uh, were looking at during the trade deadline or near the trade deadline and, and somebody that they were trying to make a run for, uh, but eventually didn't happen. Of and um, he ended up not being able to join the Lakers. The trade didn't really go through, wasn't processed. So uh, that was another person that remained interested in joining them. Um, and uh, the last person being Spencer Didwitty, a guy who sat out the entire last season with the torn ACL on the Nets. Uh, he's another guy who would be returning home as he did go to Taft High School, um, and he did decline his player option with Brooklyn to become an unrestricted free agent this year. So uh, a person that, uh, like I said, another guy trying to come home, wanting to play for the hometown team, um, but three, four, five solid veteran point guards expressing their interest, uh, and this all led to draft night. Um, and the first, actually the first trade discussions that started on draft night that involved the Lakers uh, were also, um, were, were discussing, or, okay, let me restart that. The first trade that the Lakers were discussing was between the Kings, and that was for Buddy Heels, as the potential trade um, included Montrez Harrell, who had recently opted in to that Lakers uh, deal his two his two year deal he opted in um, in order for the Lakers to have the opportunity to still trade him since he had opted in and he's secondly on the roster if he didn't opt in he's not on the roster so um, with Montrez Harrell opting in the Lakers were looking at uh, you know Buddy Heald trying to move towards uh, completing a deal with uh, Montrez Harrell Kyle Kuzma um, for. Uh, Buddy Heald's, uh, but there was no trade agreed upon, and this was still just tots. This was, uh, I mean, I want to say an hour or so before the drafts, uh, maybe a couple, but it was very close, um, and this deal seemed to be, uh, you know, surfacing, not really anything going towards it, um, and then all of a sudden, the Lakers were then in discussions with the Washington Wizards. Uh, to acquire Russell Westbrook for basically the same uh, two people, Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. But in addition, uh, they would have to be giving up KCP and a 2021 first-round pick. Uh, and then that was the deal that ended up going through as the Lakers were able to acquire the triple-double caned Russell Westbrook from the Washington Wizards, again, for Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, KCP, and that 2021 first-round pick. Uh, they agreed upon it. This was moments before the draft. Uh, so the Wizards were able to take this first round pick and those three guys from the Lakers. And Russell Westbrook um, is now coming back home, coming back. I mean, he played college at UCLA. I believe he I don't know where he went to high school, but I know it was uh, in Southern California as well. Coming back home to play for the hometown team, uh, Westbrook, LeBron, and AD, I supposedly met at LeBron's house two weeks prior to this trade and discussed the possibility of playing together, uh, putting their egos aside, or whatever the case may be, on the quest to bring title number 18 to this Lakers franchise, and the deal was able to go through, and, and uh, this... Uh, you know, new bid three of the Lakers uh, was finalized. You know, LeBron and Russell Westbrook, um, when they play their first game together uh, this net season, it will be the first time in NBA history that teammates each enter a game with career totals of 20,000 points, 5,000 rebounds, and 5,000 assists. And that's just, I mean, that's plain absurdity. You know, people that talking about, 
you know, controversies regarding this Russell Westbrook trade and how he's going to fit in with the Lakers. I mean, let's let the stats speak for itself, man. The first time two players have this many points, how many rebounds, many assists uh, going into the season together um, and seeing LeBron and Westbrook already hanging out, already doing stuff on the side, um, you know, such as Summer League, going to a couple concerts, working out together. Uh, it's just good news. You know, it's 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 Russell Westbrook we're talking about now, a guy who's still hungry for his first trip, a guy who has proven year in and year out, regardless of what his team is, who is told, you know, what, what the team is, uh, you know, who his head coach is, what the culture is. Regardless, this man's in a ball. He's going to, you know, give you, uh, you know, everything he has every single night. Um, and he's proven that year in and year out. So Russell Westbrook, the newest addition to the Lakers on top of the Lakers going out and signing Trevor Reza again, um, Trevor Reza, 12 years later, coming back to the Lakers, uh, as along with Dwight Howard coming back, uh, from the 76ers, officially his third stint with the Lakers. Um, and then, uh, the... I want to say the second biggest uh, signing slash free agent move from the Lakers uh, was Carmelo Anthony and the Lakers coming to an agreement uh, that would put Carmelo Anthony uh, in contracts for one year with the Lakers. Um, like this, uh, why is this important? Why is this uh, significant? The 2003 NBA draft, arguably one of the greatest drafts of all time. Um, with Wade, Bosch, Mello, Darko, LeBron, um, you know, one and three. LeBron first, Mello third. LeBron last year, 25 points per game, seven rebounds, seven assists. Mello, 13.4 points per game last year. Number two, Darko, he's retired. Number four, Chris Bosch, he's retired. Number five, Dwayne Wade, retired. Number six through 58, all retired. So, the... Two people left from the 2003 NBA drafts, LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony, two of the um, most, you know, I, I don't even know the right words. For I mean, two guys that are arguably one of the, you know, some of the greatest basketball players of all time. The accomplishments speak for themselves. The resumes speak for themselves. And for them to have come in in this same draft class that was absolutely stacked and in year 18 for both of them, finally uh, find their way back to each other and uh, be able to play with each other for the first time in their careers is uh, pretty pretty amazing. And uh, you could tell how you know excited LeBron and Carmelo are both uh, to be playing with each other. Um, on top of the fact that the Lakers, like I said, did get to White, did get Russell Westbrook, got Trevor Rees about, able to sign THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, to a three-year, $32 million deal to stay with the Lakers, um, as well as Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat on a two-year deal. Um, I mean, this Lakers team, man, potential lineup, Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, Ken Bazemore, Malik Monk, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, and Marcus Saul. I mean, come on. Who is stacking up against that? The Nets? I would love to see that. I would love to see it. The NBA Finals, Nets, Lakers, potential storylines going into that. I mean, you got Kyrie versus LeBron. You got KD versus Russell. You got well, KD and James Harden versus Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, two of the, uh, I mean, LeBron versus KD, um, you know, for the, what is it, the the fourth time now, I believe, because, uh, yeah, it was three times, Kevin Durant got, I mean, Kevin Durant got, wait, was it two or three times? So, I know, oh, yeah, Kevin Durant played in three total finals, and the last one was against the Raptors, so he, he was able to beat LeBron his first two years in these finals, um, so we'll get a LeBron-KD Saga continued, possibly. Uh, Russell Westbrook versus Katie and James Harden saga continued. LeBron versus Kyrie saga continued. I mean, the storylines are ridiculous, but this Lakers team, if, you know, they do face the Nets, that's great. But regardless of who they're facing, have the potential to be one of the best teams in the league this year with this lineup. Um, and, I mean, the uh, the, the pay salary uh, is pretty – It's it's honestly – 
you know, robbery palinka, as as summary would as some people would say, as Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, both making forty plus million dollars. You got Anthony Davis, thirty five million, and the fourth highest paid Laker is none other than Luol Deng, who's still getting paid by the Lakers as he was bought out from that awful contract that the Lakers gave him when they just so happened to have money and they were just giving it out to everybody during free agency. Um, I don't even remember what year that was when he did sign, but I know that was one of the worst contracts. But the Lakers for Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Kendrick Nunn, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Malik Monk, and Trevor Ariza. All seven of these players for total for the Lakers were $15 million. Robbery Palinka at his finest, man. Seven guys that are going to have instant contributions to this team. You know, not only are you talking about Carmelo Anthony and uh, Dwight Howard, but you're talking, and, and Trevor Ariza, you know, three veterans that, I mean, Trevor Ariza and Dwight Howard already have Lakers championship reigns in their trophy case. They already have a great rapport with the, the organization and the fans. But then on top of that, you have Carmelo Anthony, one of the uh, you know best USA basketball players of all time, a college champion, a guy who is still hungry for his first NBA title, a guy who learns in Portland how to play a six-man role, come off the bench, still be productive, not necessarily have to be that number one option that he was used to. Um, it, it was just perfect timing for him to come to the Lakers alongside these two other veterans and Dwight Howard and Trevor Ariza. And then on top of that, you have Malik Monk, a guy who is still young, still proving himself, um, who will learn a lot, grow a lot as a player playing with all these guys. Kendrick Nunn, a guy who's proven himself uh, in his early years with the Heat um, and now uh, joining forces with the Lakers. I mean, it's only going to be be good for him. Kent Bazemore, when Wayne Ellington, all these guards that are going to be, you know, facing LeBron, Russell, uh, Carmelo on a day to day basis. It's it's going to be good for them in their development, as well as you know the other stuff outside of just the court. Learning how to be a professional, learning how to take care of their bodies, learning how to truly put in the work to be at the highest. Um, you know, to be at the highest level in this game, um, it, it's it, it's the perfect balance, in my opinion, of guys who are ready to prove themselves and guys that have been there, proved themselves, um, and wants you know that that first chip are hungry for that first chip or hungry for that second or third, whatever the case may be. This Lakers team um, is stats. This Lakers team still has. Uh, a few roster spots that um, they have been considering either signing Isaiah Thomas for, uh, Rajon Rondo uh, being traded to uh, the Grizzlies yesterday. Um, you know, there's a potential now for him to be bought out by the Grizz and maybe come back to the Lakers. So Rajon Rondo's being thrown into that midst. But this Lakers team, man, going uh, completely. Uh, the opposite direction and not really, you know, keeping ties with too many guys from last year and and trying to create a new, you know, trying to have a culture reset with with some guys that have been here in this locker room before alongside uh, some guys that are, like I said, hungry for this first chip and have proven themselves for years in this league that they're some of the most dominant forces uh, to be, you know, that can't be stopped. Russell Westbrook, are you kidding me? Come on. Tomorrow, Anthony. With LeBron AD already, like it's it's gonna be a great year for Lakers basketball. Uh, it's already it's already going to um, you know it's it's already been uh, established. Uh, you know the guys and and the the resumes that they have speak for themselves. Uh, but it's all about the uh, it's all about the production at the end of the day and and what this Lakers team is gonna be able to do. Uh, you know when. You know, it's time to play and when it's time to really grind out these W's. So hopefully everything goes good. Every Everybody stays injury free. Uh, but it's the Lakers make a huge, huge, huge splash in this offseason with plenty of free agent signings and one huge trade for none. Nobody. No, 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 none other than Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple Double. But like I said, who will the Lakers be facing um, that can bring this much 
uh, talent, competition to the table. And, of course, this is none other than the Brooklyn Nets, a team that, you know, had a very, very heartbreaking loss to the Butts uh, on, you know, a very close three-pointer uh, that was a vet- Excuse me. That was eventually a two-pointer uh, due to Kevin Durant's bid foot being on the line. I mean, not bid foot. His bid toe being on the line. Literally, none, n- nowhere else was he stepping on that line other than his bid toe. But um, a team that has Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving didn't really meet the potential uh, that they could have due to injuries last year. But uh, they started off this offseason by, I mean... Extending Kevin Durant, four years, $198 million. Uh, Like I've talked about before, uh, when Brooklyn acquired all three of their superstars this past year, each of them were going to be on contracts uh, through the end of 2023. Um, I mean, through the end of, wait, 2021 to 2020. Yeah, so through the end of 2023. So they started with three seasons after last season. They now had two seasons left before they would all become restricted, um, unrestricted free agents. Um, and this move, uh, you know, solidified Kevin Durant for at least the next five years in this Brooklyn uniform. Um, you know, they have said uh, that the Nets person they want to uh, lock down um, is Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Uh, they want to uh, solidify this three, uh, this bid three for, you know, the Nets five sits, whoever, who you know what I mean, years to come, um, especially with the way. Uh, they seem to love playing with each other last year. Uh, you know, each of them were still ro- learning their new roles, but it looked like they were getting more comfortable with time. Um, and they, like I said, never really met their potential. You know, a lot of these games, at least one of them were out, um, if if not two of them, and uh, never really were able to d- develop the you know that uh, that chemistry. Uh, with each other in order to really make a serious run. And on top of that, just the injuries, man. The injuries killed this team. Uh, but this team ready ready to run it back, ready uh, for some vengeance. And it started with Kevin Durant's re-signing, like I just stated. On top of that, they were able to go out and get Patty Mills on a two-year, $12 million deal, able to re-sign Blake Griffin to a one-year deal, um, and uh, you know, just be locked and loaded, ready to go. I mean... That I, I don't want to just set up the, this Lakers Nets NBA Finals and you know discredit all these other teams that I'm about to talk to, but how can you not? You know, how can you not deny how much talent is on both of these rosters? How if both teams stay healthy and play to the fullest potential, there's there's literally no reason why these two teams should not be facing each other in these finals. I mean, active NBA career points leaders one through five. All are either Lakers or Nets. I mean, number one, LeBron, number two, Carmelo, three, Kevin Durant, four, James Harden, and five, Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's just insane, man. Top five active NBA points leaders, and they're all in the same two teams. These two teams play in opposite conferences. These two teams have the history uh, with the players on opposite sides that they do. I mean, I can't even think of a better narrative, a better story for these NBA Finals. And I feel like it would be a shame if, you know, if it's not this year, hopefully next year, you know, within the next two, I don't even know three if three years would work. I know LeBron re-signed and he'll still be there, but who knows what these teams are looking I mean. Just alone, this Lakers team is is completely different than last year already, you know? And who knows what these teams will look like in two, three years. I know that some of these core guys like LeBron, AD, uh, are, are, you know, locked in. Uh, Kevin Durant now as well. But who knows what some of these teams and, and the supporting cast will look like. But this year, these supporting casts are just insane. Um truly going to be a great matchup uh regardless of if it's the finals but i hope this is at least like a christmas day matchup or you know one of those bigger regular season games that you know a lot of nba fans will be watching and and tuned in um but both rosters one of the some of the oldest in the lead i mean the nets average 31.4 years old lakers average 30.8 years old uh but i mean time and time again uh, you know, it, it, it just, it's been proven that the age quality 
simply doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't, especially when you have these guys that have, have done it, have done it for many years. Uh, you know, we're in this the, the middle of this uh, transition period of the NBA where, you know, you've seen a lot of guys that I personally grew up on and, uh, you know, becoming those old heads in the league and seeing, uh, you know, superstars like Trey Young, Luka Doncic, uh, you know, um, some of, you know, these younger, not even necessarily point guards, but also shooters. LaMelo Ball is a part of uh, this this uh, new young generation, uh, you know, guys that are continuing uh, to prove themselves, uh, you know, because they have to face, you know, guys like LeBron, guys like KD who have been there, done that. But, you know, like I said, Luka, Trey, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Zion. Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, uh, DeAndre Aiden, uh, the the you know defending MVP Nikola Jokic, um, Bam, uh, Lonzo, Giannis is even only twenty six. Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, this list goes on and on and on, and we're in this transition period where you have a lot of you know twenty five and under guys that I just mentioned, but you also you know, have this lead being ran by guys like LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving, and, uh, you know, these these guys that we grew up on, these guys that, you know, this my generation of, uh, of like, you know, 21 to, to 25-year-olds, you know, these guys that we've watched develop uh, over over uh, the the years uh, and, and basically become, like I said, the uh, older heads of the lead, um, you know, we have this mixture right now in the lead where, uh, you know, it's, it's really nice to see these guys still playing at the highest level, but at the same time, you can't deny these young stars who are literally blossoming into superstars in front of our faces. And that's, what's making this lead so much fun is who is father time or, is these average ages really a big deal or can we, you know, not deny the fact that this, you know, just because the Lakers and Nets both have the oldest uh, rosters in the league, we can't deny the fact that the talent on those rosters are better than every other team in the league regardless of age, you know. You can't deny a Kevin Durant and LeBron James, uh, you know, team from making the playoffs first and foremost uh, and then – you know, building the supporting cast that they both of these teams had, uh, making a push for those finals and being those two teams at the very end of the day, regardless of how old they are. Of course, injuries happen. We saw it all last year with both of these teams, and it ridiculed both of their successes in, you know, in these NBA playoffs. But, you know, the Lakers coming off of a very short turnaround, being the NBA champions from the shortened season, um, I mean, not the shortened season, from the extended season, and then having to have the shortest offseason compared to all these other teams, uh, you know, first and foremost, the teams that didn't even go to the bubble, on top of the teams that were being, you know, gradually eliminated from the bubble. Uh, when you break it down, the Lakers simply had the shortest offseason, um, not only because they were the champions, but in the history, you know, in the history of the NBA, that was the shortest offseason. So, um, you know, was that a factor into these injuries? Uh, who knows? But, I mean, we saw guys like, you know, James Harden, a guy that was in the bubble, have serious, you know, couple, few injuries. I mean, Kevin Durant was coming off of an injury, so he was having to, you know, rehab and kind of sit out at time from time. And Kyrie is going to be playing on Kyrie's time as well. So, you know, it's tough to, to look at last season. And, of course, you have to understand that the, the injuries were an issue for, for everybody in the lead, you know. Um, and that was, in my opinion, due to this shortened offseason. But, you know, this year, a fresh slate for, for a lot of teams that, that made it past, uh, past uh, you know, at least the second um, round in that NBA, uh, in that NBA playoff bubble. Um, and, I mean, it was, it was obvious when you saw these four teams this year, you know, the Hawks, the Butts, the Suns, um, and uh, the it was the it was the Clippers, uh, you know, th uh, teams that uh, didn't uh, make it past the second rounds uh, of the bubble. I believe the Clippers were probably the team that made it the furthest 
uh, I mean, I can't remember if the, the but I know the butts lost to the Heat in the bubbles, but in the bubble, but I didn't know if that was in the semis or the West or the Eastern Conference Finals. But you know, teams that have never, you know, really um, had this playoff experience or simply, uh, you know, hadn't made it there in a long time, franchises that you know were were honestly, you know, poverty franchises for maybe little spans in the past 30, 40 years. Uh, not playing, um, you know, in these playoffs for multiple years at a time. And, you know, they, they you saw, you know, they, they were able to regroup, rebuild, and the Hawks are now super dangerous. The Butts, super dangerous. The Suns, super dangerous. Um, you know, the Clippers, still super dangerous. And then you add on, you know, some of these teams that were ridiculed with injuries. Like I said, the Nets, the Lakers, these teams that literally – have been built to win a championship or bust. And you have to respect these other teams that have also been rebuilding because they haven't been as good. And now they have the right core pieces around their young superstar of a Trey Young, of a Luka, of a Donovan Mitchell. Um, I mean, it, it's going to be a very fun year. And the NBA is is really destined for, uh, you know, multiple uh, fun years. I would say the next five five years really uh, is is gonna be just it's gonna be craziness. You know, we're gonna see the final years of LeBron. Um, I think Kevin Durant will definitely play past five more years, but we're gonna see the you know the final battles that uh, some of these uh, older guys uh, will finally be able to get out. You know, the final battles from LeBron, from KD, from Steph even. Um, you know, some of these guys that have, have just been there and and really done it for multiple years now, um, you know, trying to still compete with this these young superstars. And, and eventually they're going to take over. It's no doubt about that. But uh, these next five years are going to be that much more fun because before they take over, um, before – it's their lead. They got to get past those old guys that are still here and still producing the numbers that, that they have been, you know, and it's, it's going to just be the perfect combination that, that really, I believe keeps fans here and, and gets people excited uh, for this season and, and for what's to come. But enough talk of the Nets and Lakers. Let's get on to uh, some other moves that, um, you know, are, are shaping some of some of these teams that, uh, you know, are trying to get into that playoff push, like I was just mentioning, and uh, some teams that are finally uh, really, you know, seeing their roster make a full circle and and see uh, how each of the moves that they have used in the draft, if they've used um, on these young core pieces, and then now trading and signing free agents with all the money they have, are able to complement each of their young stars and uh, really create a roster that can make that playoff push. And first and foremost, we got the Chicago Bulls. You know, Zach Levine, um, uh, last year, First-time All-Star showed why he, you know, deserved to, uh, you know, be there uh, during the season, along with uh, his play in the Olympics. Uh, you know, definitely somebody that, uh, you know, a franchise like the Bulls can build around uh, and be confident in their superstar. And of course, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, he was also on the team, second leading scorer. Uh, definitely a guy that, uh, you know. Showed his promise and and uh, was a perfect compliment for you know a Zach Levine, a guy who could run the pick and roll. I mean that was basically their entire offense really, and uh, you know just adding more pieces around these two guys was obviously you know the main focus for this Bulls offseason as they went out and got Alex Caruso, the White Mamba, the White Goat, on a four-year, thirty-seven million dollar deal, and then. They brought his buddy back and re uh, and and made him teammates again with his draft buddy, his former summer league co-partner and Lakers teammate Lonzo Ball on a four-year, eighty-five million dollar contract. Um, and on top of this, uh, you got Demar Derozan who finalized who was finalized on a sign and trade deal. So now you got Demar Derozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso. Zach Levine, Nikola Vucic, 
uh, Vukicic, I don't really know. I, I can't really pronounce that. <laughs> I try my best, but uh, you got them as your, I mean, I don't know if Alex Caruso will necessarily start, but that's a, that's a start right there, you know? I mean, just the bid three alone of Lonzo, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan, that's a great start. Adding some pieces around them, like I said, uh, this Bulls team is definitely going to be scary. This Bulls team is definitely going to make some noise, especially in this Eastern Conference. Uh, and they, I mean, they got a point guard. They, I know Zach Levine has been running the point kind of and kind of being that main handler, but you know, you got Lonzo Ball, a guy since drafted has had 40 games with 10 plus assists. And in that same span, there's only been 27 players on the Bulls or 27 games with a player that has had 10 plus assists in that same span on the Bulls. So 40 alone for Lonzo and 27 total for the Bulls as a team in that same span. So they got their point guard. They have their Zach Levine. They have Alex Caruso, who's just that nitty-gritty, going to do whatever's asked, going to have DeMar DeRozan, a guy who's going to get you a bucket, going to have somebody crashing the boards like Nikola Vucic. It's going to be a good year for Chicago fans. It's going to be a good year for Bulls fans. And I'm telling you, I would not be surprised uh, where, when and where, uh, they land, uh, in this Eastern conference. If it is, I don't necessarily know if it'll be a top four seed, but they're definitely going to be fighting for that four through six range, uh, in my opinion at the moment. But, you know, of course things happen throughout the season, but this is this off season rankings, uh, um, off season, uh, expectations, you could say, uh, this Chicago Bulls team is, is definitely lining themselves up for that, that to, to at least fight for those four through six seeds uh, if they play to their full potential. But, you know, really realistically looking at that six through eight seed uh, seedings, if um, they even somewhat play up to that. But, you know, the, the expectations are always going to be set high. Uh, especially when you have Alonzo Ball on your team, a guy who was drafted high, a guy who's always been hyped up and finally signed his big deal, a guy who, uh, you know, has had expectations on him from the beginning, mixed that with Zach Levine, a guy who's coming off of his first all-star appearance, a guy who just won gold at the Olympics, mixed that with DeMar DeRozan, a guy who's still hungry, a guy who has proven himself for a long time, in this lead as a scorer, as a guy who you can go to and get the ball to, uh, you know, it's you're setting yourself up for success. That's all it is. And this Chicago Bulls team, I I, I really applaud them for, for how they shaped their roster this offseason and the moves they made because they're really, really setting themselves up for success for this season along uh, with the years to come. And, and if this chemistry can really develop and grow it's it's only going to get better for this bulls team and the city of chicago because they will definitely have something to root for but moving on to the miami heat another team that made plenty of free agents uh free agent acquisitions and offseason moves and that of course started the same way that the nets did and that was uh giving their superstar the uh you know ultimate respect and extending him early extending him and giving him the money that was due uh for the work he's put in and that was with jimmy butler signing a four-year 184 million dollar mats uh and that only um was the beginning as they went out and they got a veteran point guard that i had already mentioned kyle lowry signing a three-year deal for approximately $90 million during a, a sign-in trade with Toronto. Uh, you have Victor Oladipo, who has agreed to return to the Heat this season. And then you have a NBA champion, P.J. Tucker, signing a two-year $15 million deal. Um, and finally, um, Markeith Morris uh, from the Los Angeles Lakers, finalizing a one-year deal. So this Miami Heat team... Uh, I mean, didn't necessarily play up to the standards that they set out for themselves after going to the NBA Finals and, and competing at the highest level uh, the year prior. But this year, regrouping, getting the right guys on this roster to finally to you know make that push again, make that run at the ultimate goal of a, of of an NBA championship, 
And of course, like I said, starting with securing and making sure your superstar is happy and taken care of, getting Jimmy Butler that four-year deal, giving him a point guard like Kyle Lowry. Of course, Gordon Drogic uh, is no longer there. So having to replace him with a guy like Kyle Lowry, who, like I've said before in this podcast, proven himself an NBA champion, um, you know, making him comfortable uh, with the fact that, you know, Jimmy's our guy and that's your, and then this is going to be your point guard uh, alongside Bam, who's already, you know, coming off of an Olympic golds, coming off of a great regular season, um, you know, complimenting him now with Kyle Lowry. Um, there's a, probably going to be plenty of pick and roll situations and plenty of opportunities for these two to develop a good chemistry and then you're adding victor oladipo to this mix as well pj tucker markeith morris and of course how can you not go a season um if you're the miami heat without having you donis haslam return as he also signed a one-year 2.6 million dollar deal to come back for his 19th season. So this Heat team, man, they definitely, I mean, if if there were, there were, there weren't just one, two, th- you know, there were five, six, seven teams this offseason that really showed um, what it's like to have a good offseason, a good free agency run, a good trade, uh, a good, like, trade I guess, uh, I don't even want to say season because the trade deadline isn't even until the middle of the season. But, you know, incorporating trades alongside these free agent deals and uh, signings, there was five, six, seven teams this offseason that really uh, made a splash and showed how it's done and how to really build their rosters up. Um, And, I mean, it started with the Lakers, like I mentioned. You, you know, can add the Nets into that mitts. And then this Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat. And then on top of that, you know, you have other teams like the Warriors who went out. You got the Dallas Mavericks, the Hawks, the Clippers, the Knits. There's a bunch of teams that have made plenty of moves this offseason. But in my opinion, this Heat move, these Heat moves, I think, got me um, the most hyped uh, for the team um, as a whole. I mean, Jimmy Butler... Definitely the right guy to, to you know, build your franchise around first and foremost, but also just uh, give him that that uh, that chain, that key to the city. Uh, you know, make sure he knows that he is the superstar and he's the number one option by giving him the bag he deserves and then giving him the players um, on top of that. I mean, it, it was just a great offseason for the Miami Heat. A great uh, free agency, and uh, it's only it's only up for the Heat, in in my opinion. They're they're definitely the trajectory for this team now. After this offseason, I I really expect them to be in that that one through three hunt uh, in this Eastern Conference. I mean, there's just no excuse, you know, unless you know setbacks and injuries. There's really just no excuse to have the roster that I just mentioned and not be top three in this Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, alongside the butts and the nets, you know, you got Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam, um, yeah, Bam, Victor, Oladipo, PJ, Tucker, like, come on, man, I can say these names over and over again, and it only, you know, intensifies the fact that you have the guys around, you know, to make a championship run, to ensure your you know, next two, three, four years are good, are ready to go, you know, and um, it's just go time. It's it's really go time for, for this Miami Heat team, especially coming off of a disappointing year, you know, after this NBA championship. And I know, like I said, the same thing that applies to the Lakers applies to the Heat. They had to go through the shortest offseason in the history. These two teams, of course, everybody did, but they did not – they had to compete in the bubble. They had to literally play all 94 days or whatever it was or be in the bubble for those 94 days. And last year, unfortunately, it got it, it caught up to them. And and that sucks, but it's go time now. It is it, there's no more excuses like that. You know, it it's you guys had uh, a disappointing ending to your season and you made a huge splash during free agency in this offseason and that's, you know, 
the first step to you know getting back to where you guys were and the uh, potential that you guys showed in those 2020 uh, NBA playoff bubble. Uh, so the Heat, I love my Lakers moves. I love the I love the uh, acquisition by the Bulls. But these these Heat this Heat team now compared to last year is very very better than. Uh, like I said, the team from last year, or even their championship team. This team right now is better than their championship team, the team that went to the NBA Finals uh, in that 2020 season. Are you kidding me? If you don't think this team is better than that team, I, I, I mean, just compare the two rosters. It's pretty simple. So it's just go time. It's There's not really other... There's not really another way to to say it, you know. If if this if your roster is looking better than it was when you guys made it to the NBA Finals, uh, first and foremost, good job. But second of all, it's time to produce. It's time to, you know, make sure everybody puts y'all on the map and and it, uh, you know, really uh, knows that you guys are here and and ready to stay. But uh, moving on to none other. Then the Golden State Warriors, a team that struggled last year without Clay. Uh, you know, Steph was hurt for a while. Um, you know, making his case for the MVP. Uh, but I'm not hurt, but what's it called? Uh, definitely just not having the supporting cast that uh, he's used to uh, when he was on the floor. Uh, they, alongside the Lakers and uh, the Heat, signs their superstar and ensured that he was happy first and foremost and that was steph curry a dream to a four-year 215 million dollar contract um this will extend uh the the 45.8 million dollar salary this will extend his salary for this year to 45.8 million dollars uh which means that over the next five seasons, he's guaranteed $261 million. Uh, I mean, the first player in the NBA history to have two $200 million deals. Um, just just some insane numbers, but at the same time, you, you can't deny Steph Curry and the impact that he's had on this Warriors team, but ultimately the game of basketball. I mean completely changed the game the way the game is played and I, I truly believe you know with this signing alongside them bringing back Andre Iguodala uh, to uh, the Warriors you got Clay who's healthy you got Draymond who's coming off of an Olympic golds uh, looking good you know there there's definitely gonna be uh, some some serious heads turns. Uh, if you guys don't remember how good this Warriors team was, because I know that they've been experiencing some down years and, uh, you know, compared to what they were, they were at, you know, uh, of course, though, uh, adding Andre Godala, having Andrew Wiggins in there, uh, getting uh, the second, the second year. Uh, oh, my gosh. What's their their center who? James Wiseman, yeah, James Wiseman, you get him uh, playing alongside, uh, you know, a full supporting cast, not having him do as much as he was, you know, being asked to do, um, it's it's definitely going to be scary, you know, it's, the thing about it though is, is this West is, is just a lot more stats than the East, uh, you know, it, and of course that's obvious, but you know, when you think about it, um, when this Warriors team lost Clay, it, it's just a completely different story. You know, when they lost Andre Iguodala, uh, it, it was definitely it definitely took a hit on them. Um, but if if all these dudes can stay healthy, if all these dudes can can really buy into what they what they all have shown time and time again that they can do, it, it's definitely gonna put the lead on notice, and it's definitely gonna um, you know remind us of all the times. The Warriors were just absolutely destroying everybody in their way. And it starts with Steph. And now that he's secured for the next five years, you know, it's going to just go down that line. Clay staying healthy. Andre Iguodala making the impact that he did when they did have those championship runs. Draymond Green making the impact he did when they had those championship runs. Um, 
And then you have James Wiseman, uh, you know, developing and also, you know, getting to the potential that he can for this season and just continuing to grow. He's not going to be uh, anything uh, like, a, you know, a Shaquille O'Neal or, you know, one of the best centers of all time in the NBA. But his goal is to just develop and be better than he was last year. And even even then, that's great. That's that's awesome for this Warriors team. Then Andrew Wiggins playing his role, making shots, creating shots for himself and others. That's how the Warriors are going to play, and that's how they're going to win. And if all these dudes stay healthy, you know, they they have the potential to be anywhere in that one through eight spot uh, for the Western Conference simply because of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, these splash bros. You cannot deny how good this duo is. If this duo is on the floor and they are healthy, you can't – You it's it's – I mean, they can – be anywhere one through eight anywhere they really can be there's i i just don't have any doubt in my mind that if they played up to the level they do i i wouldn't even be surprised if they made a run for a one two three seed you know but at the same time if if they're still trying to you know if they still don't have those right uh you know core pieces uh on top of those four guys i, I could see them maybe slipping to a four or five or six seed but at the same time when you have Steph, Clay, it doesn't really matter about those other guys sometimes because they'll literally levitate their game because of who they're playing with. So the Warriors, how did, you know, they, they got Andre back, they got Steph signed, and they're getting Clay back healthy. There's nothing else a Warriors fan would love to hear or this team as well. Um, to to make a run, a serious run, and and then not be you know relying on Steph the way it was last year. Of course, you know Steph was they 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 had the play in game. They lost to the Lakers, uh, and then they lost to the Grizzlies. But you know, adding Clay Thompson, adding Andre Iguodala to this mitts, it changes everything. It really does. And I I really believe that if they play up to the potential, they they can be anywhere in that one through eight mitts. But um, you know, another guy. Uh, who agreed to a contract extension, a young superstar uh, that is already a superstar. He's not even one in the making is the Dallas Mavericks point guard, Luka Doncic, as he agreed to a five-year, $207 million supermats, uh, saying that it's a dream come true, and he's humbled and excited to remain with Dallas, um, You know, becoming the youngest player in NBA history to average 35 points per game in a single postseason goes a long way. And that was Luka Doncic. I mean, this man has run into the Clippers, unfortunately, this past two years and not been able to make it past them in both Game 7s. But, you know, his play speaks for itself time and time again. He continues to make some of the most spectacular plays that we've ever seen on a basketball court. And there's a reason that this Dallas Mavericks team is going all in on him. I mean, and he won't even turn 23 until February. You know, 22 years old, completely taking the taking the uh, lead by storm already alongside his draft night trade buddy Trey Young, both of them able to sign 207 million dollars, a five-year, uh, 170 million dollar extension, but 207 mil, 207 million dollars total for Trey Young as well. Um, I mean, both teams, the Hawks and the Mavericks, man lucked out really are you kidding me trey young and luca getting traded on draft night this has been a huge comparison because of this you know nothing that nothing that the players have really any control over they were just guys that were traded um for each other but two guys that were traded for each other and have made the impact on their franchises luca being you know putting up some of the numbers that you know we've only seen from lebron and kobe and michael jordan and then trey young leading this hot team to the eastern conference finals and and really putting his entire organization and city on the map last year it couldn't have worked out better for any of these two teams uh when it came to that trade on draft night and and comparing the two it's impossible to these two players have played up to the potential and truly shown um, that both of them were ready to go regardless of which organization and franchise they were going to be playing for. And it, it looks like it worked out for both teams. So both those guys securing their $207 million, $207 million contracts. 
Um, the Atlanta Hawks also agreed to a five-year, $125 million deal with John Collins. So he's going to be back in Atlanta to try to run it back with Trey Young and the rest of the supporting cast. Uh, but moving on um, to the Clippers, uh, you know, it's it's this offseason seemed to have a common theme of a lot of these superstars getting deals with the teams that they were already with. Um you know, teams giving back to their number one options and, and really showing that, you know, this is your team and, and giving them that option. And that's exactly what we saw with the Clippers as well as Kawhi able to sign a four-year, $176.3 million deal after he did decline his player option earlier uh, this offseason, but finally decided to uh, re-sign um, a long-term uh, long, uh, deal with this Clippers organization. Uh, he is expected, however, to miss significant time this season um, as he did uh, have to repair a partially torn right ACL that kept him out of the Clippers' final eight postseason games. Uh, but the way Paul George was playing, uh, the fact that the Clippers also re-signed Reggie Jats in this offseason and the way he was playing in this postseason, uh, the Clippers are going to be fine, especially um, with these two guys back on top of Kawhi uh, Leonard. Uh, you know, a guy who averaged 24.8 points a game, 6.5 rebounds, 5.2 assists. Uh, just a guy that uh, is definitely, um, you know, a top three player in this league. A guy who continues to show why he is so valuable, um, especially when he went down in this post. I mean, if if he goes down, does the, do the, the Suns advance over the Clippers? I, I don't think so. I really don't. But... You know, on top of this, the Clippers acquired Eric Bledsoe as they traded away Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturo um, to the uh, to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. So now, alongside Eric Bledsoe, you have you know Paul George, you got Reggie Jackson, and Kawhi Leonard as your you know top four options. That's a great that's a great start for the Clippers team. Hopefully, they can show why. Uh, you know, they've, uh, you know, what they've been able to uh, build, I, I think a lot of confidence was um, able to be won uh, because of the year they had and because of, uh, you know, the postseason, especially that Paul George and Reggie Jackson had, I believe, a lot of confidence within the organization for the win now scenario. Uh, really came true, especially with all the memes that the Clippers continue to get. Uh, I think they really did prove a lot of people wrong and prove to themselves first and foremost that uh, they can they can do this and they can um, definitely make a run when it all matters. Uh, so it starts now, just like with every other team that has made some of these acquisitions. Like I said, it definitely starts now, and it's going to be tough at first without Kawhi, but you know Kawhi's going to come back stronger than ever. Uh, I have no doubt about that. Um, it's going to be up to Paul George, Eric Bledsoe, and Reggie Jackson first and foremost to to make some of uh, to make some of the uh, splash that they really did in the postseason last year and and execute while Kawhi is gone. But uh, this Clippers team, man, gonna definitely be dangerous as always. The potential is always through the roof when you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the same team. But it's going to come down to how they play, and um, you know we'll we'll see. That's that's all we can do, but. Kawhi Leonard secured in a Clippers uniform for at least the next four years. Uh, moving on to the New York Knicks. Julius Randle getting a four-year, $117 million contract extension. Derrick Rose getting a three-year, $43 million deal. Uh, two guys that are definitely, uh, you know, big reasons why the Knicks made the postseason last year for the first time in however long and made some serious noise in the regular season being that four seed of course they ended up losing to the Hawks but the Hawks advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals they were a good team and the Knicks uh you know they still had nothing to hang their heads about this year Julius Randle combat player of the year um you know most I mean I'm a combat player most improved player of the year uh, definitely earned his money last season, and uh, obviously it seems to be a great fit with uh, Thibs and uh, you know Derek Rose returning and and being that veteran presence that has played for Tom uh, for a long time now, dating back to his years with the Bulls, the Timberwolves, 
I mean, it's it's going to be a great year for Nits, uh, the Nits again. And it's uh, just the beginning, I, I truly believe, for this franchise to continue turning the, the corner when it comes to getting past all those years of struggling and, and really um, not doing much when it came to the postseason or doing much in the regular season even. But it, it's definitely the tides are turning. It's switching. The gears are going for this Nits team. And it's the sky's the limit. And it's, it's good to see. Uh, for the New York, it's good to see for uh, all their fans who have just been wanting a winning team for so long now. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have for today. So much offseason news. I, I, I cannot wait. It's only gotten me that much more excited for the NBA. I feel like I got a little burnt out last season at the very end. Of course, the NBA Finals were still so, uh, so intense. Great games to watch. And very entertaining, but I was. Just, I think a lot of NBA fans as well uh, were feeling a little burnt out, especially from the shortened off season and um, having a regular off season and seeing all of these huge acquisitions made. Uh, you know, trades, free agent moves, whatever the case may be. There was so many things that happened in this off season, um, and it's it's gonna be a, it's it's just setting itself up, like I said before, for a great season with. You know, you have the old uh, veteran guys that have been here for a long time, proved themselves for a long time, and you have a lot of these young core teams that made a push in the playoffs last year, proved their worth last year, and, and are trying to respond in a good way this upcoming year, show it wasn't a fluke, show that they're here to stay, and it's it's just going to be a great year for basketball. I'm so excited. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Let me know who you think. Uh, you know, is going to uh, make it to the playoffs or have a better chance of making the playoffs after all these acquisitions that I mentioned. Let me know uh, what you think about all of my predictions and rankings for the teams after uh, all of their acquisitions and where I think they'll be uh, standing um, when it comes to playoff time. But without further ado, this is all. that's all I got for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed, and I'll see you all very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in.